Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new Masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today we're going to be talking about how narcissistic bosses turn you into their scapegoat. This is a really important subject for anyone who has a narcissistic boss because if you don't know whether or not you're the scapegoat, you just might be it. So we're going to talk about an example that I have for you um, of Mike, who was a client of mine, and he was trying to figure out just how he got stuck in the position of being his boss's scapegoat, and uh, which meant that he was taking on unnecessary responsibility for all kinds of things. So uh, let me give you the example and his a little bit of his story, and then we'll get into what does it look like to be a scapegoat and then how you can get out of that situation if you find that you are in there, because you will not get a promotion. Um, you will not be advanced if you continue to stay in that spot. So let's get started. Here's the story. Uh, Mark. Mike's boss yelled, get out of my office now, as a small paperweight was flung in his direction and actually hit the wall next to where Mike was standing. A little bit terrifying. You're a complete idiot, was his boss's parting remark to Mike. Mike was shaking from the whole entire event and was not even sure what set his boss off at that moment. The unpredictability of his moods was absolutely overwhelming on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Sure. Right before that remark happened, Mike had some very bad news that he had to deliver. A new client had just recently been dissatisfied and decided to go with a different firm. But where Mike worked, this happened a lot and was even expected to occur to some degree. So that's why in this instance, Mike definitely considered his boss's overreaction as irrational and over the top. Thinking over his options, do I stay, do I go, Mike knew for sure he had worked too hard to get this position, and he was also positive that he was unwilling to quit because his boss because of it, because his boss frequently displayed erratic behavior. He wasn't going to let him get the best of him. Yet there was another concerning behavior that Mike was worried about. The reason the client had left the firm is because Mike's boss failed to implement one of Mike's ideas that would have improved the customer experience. When Mike proposed the suggestion, his boss immediately shut him down and refused to listen to Mike's reasoning. Had the firm actually followed Mike's proposal, the client would have remained and their dissatisfaction would have never even occurred in the first place. Instead, Mike's boss blamed him for the client leaving, called him an idiot, and reported to his superiors that the whole thing had been Mike's fault. This is what I mean by the term scapegoat. According to ancient Jewish tradition, in order for residents to remain within their community as clean or pure, a goat was released into the wilderness after ceremonially taking on the sins of others. With all the sin cast out of the community through the goat, the people would theoretically be capable of living sinless and peaceful lives. The term scapegoat stems from this concept of one person, or in this case an animal, absorbing the mistakes of others so the person who originally did wrong has no responsibility for the effect of their mistake. The scapegoat is usually innocent, and they are the fall person for those who have created the error. So you can see now why this concept is very attractive to a narcissist. And that's why Mike was made the scapegoat for his boss's poor decision. So how in the world did Mike get himself in this situation? Number one, there was a hostile environment at work. In order for a narcissistic boss to establish control, they purposefully work to instill fear into their subordinates. This can be done through threats of firing an employee just because they can, demoting someone over a small infraction, unnecessarily exposing a shortcoming, and or exaggerating a minor character flaw. At the same time, the narcissist will highlight their repeated success. They'll have showy pictures of influential people displayed in their office. They'll go out of their way to be seen talking to and schmoozing with their superior. And or they will appear to have ample amounts of money compared to their colleagues. 
This large discrepancy between the narcissistic boss and their subordinates creates a hostile workspace in which subordinates believe they can never live up to the narcissist's expect expectations. This is the foundation for how scapegoating happens is this hostile work environment. The second thing that happens is micromanaging insignificant matters. Another way a narcissist boss establishes control is by micromanaging their subordinates. Nothing is off limits to the narcissist from how the subordinate dresses to what they eat for lunch to how they write an email to when they can take a bathroom break to what picture they can have on their desk. If it can be done wrong, a narcissistic boss will let their employees know how. These small, seemingly meaningless details are practiced by the narcissistic boss in an effort to remind the subordinate that they are really powerless in comparison to them. A narcissist especially likes to control what is normally insignificant to other managers as a way of demonstrating their pervasiveness. When the narcissist controls the small stuff, the subordinate naturally assumes larger decisions will be decided solely by the narcissist. So micromanaging insignificant matters is another way that that foundation is just built upon. The third way is showing favor. By contrast, the narcissistic boss, and I mean by contrast to the previous point, the narcissistic boss will pick one person in the office to show favor towards. This person seems to do no wrong in the eyes of the narcissist, even when they commit the exact same infraction as another employee has, and it resulted in a termination, this favored person is not punished. This favoritism is a way of highlighting that if other employees did just what the narcissistic boss asked, even if they're not, everything would be fine. And it is a way of showing that the narcissistic boss is in control and even capable of showing kindness because they only show it to one person. To the superior of the narcissist, this is another, another demonstration that they are not that bad just in case anyone complains. So it's a way of safeguarding themselves. So we started the foundation of a hostile work environment. Then we controlled it through micromanaging insignificant matters. Now we're showing favor to one person. And then next, number four, is need to be the hero. A narcissistic boss will not like any idea in which they are unable to take full credit for the benefits of implementing the decision. Mike's biggest mistake in presenting his idea was telling his boss that he had already talked to the customer about it. His boss could not have Mike outshining him. So he immediately rejected the idea because he had to take Mike down. Had Mike been willing not to take credit for the idea and allowed his boss to be the hero in front of the client, things would have probably worked out very differently. 
Narcissists need a constant flow of attention and just the appearance of having that attention focused on someone else was enough for Mike's boss to attack. Okay, let's go back through it again. We started with the foundation of the hostile environment. Then we have the boss micromanaging over insignificant matters. Next, we have them showing favor in order to demonstrate what a great person they are. Now we have created this need for the narcissistic boss to be the hero for which Mike didn't heed to. And that resulted in the attack that was coming, which is the next point, the need for a scapegoat. The purpose of a scapegoat is to pass responsibility onto someone else. Usually the subordinate is unsuspecting at first and agrees because they're trying to get along with their narcissistic boss. Narcissists can't allow their ego to be tarnished by an error, so they enlist a scapegoat to pass the buck. Because of the hostile environment and micromanagement, Mike was already feeling unstable at work, which left him open to being attacked. The favoritism Mike's boss showed another employee kept him hopeful that things could change. But because Mike didn't allow his boss to be the hero, Mike became his boss's scapegoat. So that's how he wound up in the position where he was the scapegoat. So what on earth can be done to reverse this? Well, here's the last point that I'm going to make. We call it reverse attack. So to, we can't do anything about what happened in the past, but what we can do things about is what happens in the future. So here's what happened with Mike. To keep this from happening again in the future, Mike started out by befriending everyone in the department. And I mean everyone, the cleaning person, the assistants, the people above, the people below, the people that are his colleagues, everyone in the department. Instead of defending himself during the micromanagement attacks, Mike thanked his boss for the insights. So this was another real significant point. So when his boss called him out on his micromanaging and did his micromanaging, Mike thanked his boss for pointing the obvious mistake or error out. It just diffused. It took the wind out of the sails of his narcissistic boss. Then Mike went out of his way to praise his boss to his face in front of a senior level, level manager. He saw an opportunity and he, man, and he just managed to just skate it in. His boss lit up. The senior manager was thrilled. It was all good. To seal the deal... Mike even went out of his way to set up a scenario where his boss could be the hero with a different client. It absolutely worked. Feeling vulnerable and not really liking the positive attention that Mike was now getting, Mike's boss actually helped Mike to get a promotion in another department just to keep the competition away. And this is how Mike not only managed to handle being the scapegoat, but to use that to his advantage and wound up getting a promotion in a different department. Mike learned from being put in this scapegoat position. Instead of running away or giving up, which he would have done in the past, Mike discovered a way out of a very difficult situation that benefited both him 
and even, sadly enough, his narcissistic boss. So this is how you can get out from being in a position of being your boss's scapegoat. Don't let this happen to you again. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.